The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Draft Rugby Show. I'm your host, Kagi. And on tonight's menu, we're going to review all uh, the Draft Rugby Round 4 action. We're going to look ahead to preview the fixtures this week in Round 5. And for dessert, we're going to talk about kicking. Uh, more specifically, kicking for goals, uh, who's been crushing it, who's been getting fantasy points from it and whatnot. Yep. A topic none of us really know that much about, but we're going to look into the stats. So um, speaking of us, I am joined by Harry and Nelson. Um, Harry, welcome back, mate, after a week off last week. Uh, and congratulations on your 100th Draft Rugby pod cap this week. Huge milestone, mate. Only outshone by uh, Greg Holmes's 150th Super Rugby Cap this uh, weekend. I know you'll claim yours is bigger, but um, mate, what are you what are you doing to celebrate it? Well, look, I think uh, first of all, 23 men every single week get picked for rugby side. Only three get picked for the draft rugby podcast, so it's clearly a lot bigger. And you know, I delayed last <clears> week so we could just build the suspense of the hundredth cap for an extra week and. God, I'll tell you what, the podcast last week was awful uh, without me, but that's okay. We're back on track. I'm excited. As you can see, I'm on holidays with Nelson. Uh, it's been exactly like this weather as we walk from Sydney to Canberra for the Save Our Sons charity. It definitely hasn't been floods and pissing down rain continually every single day. As a podiatrist, I can say I have zero blisters. That is fact, all right? Take that. Can you, can you say that everyone doing the walk has zero blisters? Yep. No, no, they're all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, very good. So definitely worth a shout out to Save Our Sons Charity. You guys um, really get amongst that and do that every year. How many years in a row have you done that now? This is our seventh year. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're basically taking something to Parliament. We could be very, very close to having a cure and it being trialled in Australia. So it could be, you know, very much worth it. So just, just for the listeners, what's the charity for? Just may as well. Yeah. It's then muscular dystrophy. So it's basically a muscle-wasting condition where, you know, young boys, 99% of, you know, people that get it are boys end up in a wheelchair, you know, early teens. If they can make it to their late 20s, that's a pretty good innings. Yeah, one in 3,500 boys. Mm, very good. Well, no, that's some good work there, lads. Um, and you're right, Harry. Look, this is uh, with only three people selected each week, a very exclusive podcast. Mm. And uh, a man who managed to sneak in last week, uh, we will give him a big thanks to the super sub, Alex Nabung, stepping up off the bench, uh, for his 11th pod cap, the third most capped podcaster on the Draft Rugby Show. Um, and he brought uh, his huge level of professionalism and uh, and no rust whatsoever last week, um, didn't he, Nelson? Yeah. Oh, Craigs, you know, you, you were saying something about, oh, we don't know anything about kicking, but Harry and I definitely know something about kicking your butt when it comes to fantasy this season. <laughs> right? So uh, if you have a little look at this table, Harry should be getting it up on screen. Now, you, you can see that. Harry is, is sitting in third with 12 points. I'm sitting in first with 17 points. And, mate, you're all the way down on five points. I could lose the next two weeks and still be beating you. Mate, am I sitting in, four, in, in fifth? Yeah, mate, I know. With, with your one win, mate. That just shows how <laughs> lopsided this competition is. It shows that we're um, miles ahead. I'm actually, I don't know if I'm happy or disappointed. Now I just realise I'm not going to get fourth pick this week at trade night. But, uh Look, that's just, I guess, another visual representation of uh, of my beating new bum, the uh, the super sub this week. 
So uh, I guess not only did I beat him, I then pushed him down to sixth place on the table. That is, I mean, that's got to hurt. I I did say last week that he would only be invited back on the pod uh, <laughs> should he should the opportunity arise if um, I did beat him. But um, yes, just clarifying, I did uh, sweep the floor with him and uh, extended my enormous record over him. And um, yeah, huge. All right, well, look, boys, I mean, I know you looked you know, to throw that at me Um you know, to try and make me feel bad, but I'm stoked that I'm fifth. I've moved up from uh, the one week I've spent at the bottom of the table in, I don't know, years. Nelson, similarly, this is the first week that you're top of the table uh, in how long? I mean, you've spent the last three or four years at at the bottom, but... um, I wouldn't say four years. Uh, It it was four years ago, I would have been close to the top, if not top. Harry, last week I was saying Nelson was touting things like this, I was saying that I can't wait for you to come back to fact check this stuff just to, um, you know, Harry will, Harry will probably bring us next week. Mm. When was the last time Nelson was, uh, was in the top two uh, prior to this year? So um, I can do that. I, I, I did listen to the pod. I, I was, I'm pr- going to be pretty busy cutting out all the names you mispronounced last week though. So I'll, I'll do my best to get to that. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. All right. Well, uh, let's just get into the pod then um, for on track uh, this week, uh, draft rugby round four, we had the buyers for the Brumbies and the Highlanders. Um, Super Rugby AU, let's let's rip through that first. Uh, the Rebels and the Waratahs, I mean, do we have to talk about this game? I know I'm wearing a Waratahs jumper, but um, I don't have any other jumpers that I could find easily. That's my only excuse here. Lads, who wants to take us through that, uh, that shit fight, really? Yeah, so the Rebels got up 33 to 14 over the Tars. I think it was... We were hopeful that the Tars were going to put up a better showing than this. You know, our justification was always going to be that the Rebels don't score tries, but apparently everyone scores tries against the Tars. So returning for this one, you had Lalakai Fakedi, who came back off the bench for, from his shoulder injury. He replaced Tepai Maroa, who is just absolute junk. Uh, injuries, you had Will Harrison. He had a hip complaint. I think he played... You know, most of the minutes he normally would, but he wasn't kicking at goal. So devastating for most of the fantasy managers that rely on him kicking at more or less 100% every single game. Um, possession pretty heavily weighted in favour of the Tars. They had 60% of possession, 64% of territory, but just didn't know what to do with it, which uh, has been a bit of a recurring theme for this year. Look, I, I just think the Waratahs at no <clears throat> point did they ever look like they had a way to win this game. They didn't look like they ever had the ability to to score multiple tries or put the Rebels under under pressure for long periods of time at all. Um, I think the, the Rebels were kind of doing whatever they wanted, you know, the, for a team of, you know, Pincus, Anderson, Illy that have struggled to actually make any impact in attack. The three of them were having a bit of a field day. Illy in particular, I thought was excellent and just cut apart the Australian, the uh, Waratahs defence, definitely not the Australian defence. Tamua, brilliant solo try, I think was a highlight where he kind of ran sideways and some broken play. It was very rugby league-esque, you know, the game just falls to shit a little bit and the defence relaxes and all of a sudden the hole appears. He sliced through and put that chip over the top. I thought that was awesome. That was very, very good to watch. Yep. But really, it was just the, the Tars, the Rebels dominating the Tars in every single facet. So the Sun Tars, well and truly, uh, alive. Yeah, owning the name. I, mean, yeah, I, think you, I think you just summed it up by saying that uh, the Tars are that bad that they made Stacey Illy look good. You know what I mean? That was it. Yeah, that, yeah, that is in fact line of the game. Look, I know you. your favourite, Kagi, your favourite moment of the game was Pony for Amal Sealy running back from those goal line dropouts. Oh, mate, look, you know, I, I'm not really the biggest rugby league fan, but uh, maybe I need to tune in more if, if there's more of that. Uh, 
Tony running it back, that was just, I was living for that. And, and clearly he was too, you know what I mean? He, yeah, so he, he waits every week for that. It was fantastic stuff. Interestingly, it was a pretty attacking-minded game. You know, Rebels 468 metres, Tars 494, 23 to 14 tackle busts, the Waratahs led, 14 to 10 line breaks, Waratahs led. But the Rebels threw 13 to 6 offloads, which is pretty massive for them. And, you know, tackle success, 83, 84%. Uh, the Tars better there as well. All those numbers are pretty solid. And I thought the set piece was pretty good on both sides as well. So, and, and you know, line out and scrum. So there's not a lot in those stats. It was just the Tars' inability to actually hold a solid defensive line. Uh, fantasy man of the match for this one, Harry Johnson Holmes, who just is the gift that keeps on giving in the front row at the moment. 55 points for him. He had 15 runs, seven to seven tackles. He played all 80 minutes, so got a couple of bonus points for that. Made back, a back at loose head as well. In a line yeah, he played loose head. He can do whatever he wants. I wonder if that, that means he'd lost a few more kilos, so we'll see some more um, carries and uh, more workload. I don't, I don't think so, mate. Tetra Faulkner will be straight back to the bench and he'll be back to tight head. Mm-hmm. Maddox, 49 points. Dempsey, 46. I thought Dempsey was very good in attack. He, he kind of carried them on the sh- on his own shoulders a little bit. Nelson didn't seem to be as impressed with him, though. Mm-hmm. Corabetti, 46 points. Don't pretend you like Dempsey. No, I, uh, I, I hate his <laughs> attitude. I don't hate him on the field. Tom Pinkers, 45 points. That says everything you need to know about his game. Wow. Matt Tamua, 45 as well. Very good, yeah. No, the, the Tars, they had like maybe 30-second patches of looking like they could play rugby, but um, they were few and far between. So. Followed by 79-and-a-half-minute <laughs> patches where they couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the preview. But um, all right, Nelson, speaking of a team or two teams that can play rugby, though, uh, the Reds and the Force, do you want to take us through that? Yeah, I wouldn't say two teams, definitely. But oh, yeah, this, this oh, game mate, was... I think that's even harsh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this, this game... Compared to the Waratahs, at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Anyone can. Um, but no, look, this this was the Reds beating the Force 26-19. Worth noting, I think it was, you know, 19 all, you know, a, a good chunk of the way through this game. Um, so the Reds, you know, only did sort of break away or not even break away, get that win later on in the game. But, you know, we had the return of the excitement machine, excitement machine Marcel Brackey. Um, you've, already, you've already talked about him too long. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he should be injured again, hopefully. And yeah. uh, no, <laughs> just not big things. Oh, it doesn't have to be a bad injury. Just either or is fine. Yeah, just don't be in the lineup. And then uh, Kahu, he he failed an HIA. I think it was 22 minutes into the game. Hmm. What are you doing? I'm disappearing here. You're trying to fix that. Yeah, no, look, it's that the, shirt, mate. It's the shirt. It's a, it's a crime. It should never have been worn. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff. Look, the possession and territory went the way of the force, 58 and 57% apiece. For me, this was such a good game for Pace Army. I think we just see him, you know, strengthen week to week. And, and this is a game that he just showed. He's got some powerful lines. He's bumping people. He's scoring tries. He is getting better and better week in, week out for me. Is he impressive? Right, I think- Mate, he was already bumping people, uh, putting on hits, but it's just his silky skills, his attacking play. And he's a ball player, as James O'Connor was saying. Mate, devastating for the guy who picked him up, saying he was going to have a big year this year and then had to drop him because of a double buy. I've been, I was, it was hard to watch for me this week, but God, he looks good. Yeah, no, he was. All of his 12. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Oh, he has to be all of his 12. Or, but, uh, Matt Tamua, James O'Connor. Uh, I want one of them to be on the bench and I want Hunter Paisami at 12. But uh, anyway. How good attacking mindset. Look, um, in terms of this one, it was actually interesting. It was it was a pretty good set piece battle 
it, it wasn't necessarily the way we thought it was going to go. Robertson and Greg Holmes had a massive dominance, I reckon, in the scrum early on. Mm. Um, really, really surprised me with that. When Brendan Pangamosa came on in that second half, he really shored up their scrum. Um, but the next two scrums, yeah, they won the next well, two scrums. It, no, it, no, it, it shorted up initially. Like they then won a yeah. scrum or two, but then the force came back. They came back when Medrano came on as well. That really strengthened strengthened them. So I think there was a bit of evolution throughout that, which was quite interesting. It was a bit of an interesting battle. Yeah. yeah, it was some great chess, you know what I mean? Like the Reds like, we'll bring on BPA. And then the Force like, we'll bring uh, on Medrano. The inter- yeah. It's awesome, yeah. Also, I think Vunavalu, you know, introduced himself to, to world rugby with some absolute brilliance. He had a, a little... You know, basketball throw off Tate McDermott had a dummy a step, fended a few players before I think finding the last minute. He, he threw Jake McIntyre back in he, next week. Yeah, he threw him. In terms of the attacking stats, I think this is where the story, you know, deviates for me. The the Reds had three hundred six to two hundred thirty meters, twenty five to eleven tackle busts, twelve to three line breaks. 13 to three offloads. So that's where the big difference is. Uh, they also, the, the Reds had 11 misses from their 141 tackles where the Rebels had 25 from their 110. The penalties, you know, the Rebels actually did. I mean, the um, Reds did worse in this one with 15 penalties compared to the Forces seven. The fantasy man of the match was Tate McDermott. My boy, he was actually the top Aussie performer of the week with 70 points, eight runs for 21 metres, five tackle busts, an offload, a try, and two try assists. This guy is entertaining. Hunter Paisami, 50 points with two tries himself. Suliasi Vunuvalu, 44 points. Angus Scott Young, absolute workhorse, 42 points. And Jock Campbell, 41. And Pony Fa'amalsili, 41 points. The funny thing with Tate McDermott was he should have had another try. I remember where he was two metres from the blind side and he was just going to pick up and dive over. He would have had it. Who was it from the Reds that tried to, like, shovel the ball over from inside the ruck? Ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Actually, I don't know how Pony got in there, but he actually didn't play in this game. Um, but he was so good in, in those, those runbacks uh, <laughs> last week. <laughs> yeah, I did. That was my bad, actually. But, um, no, it was good. I think, look, and I'm sorry, but I, we do have to revisit that Suliasi Vunavalu, uh, that big run. I love Drew Mitchell's line uh, in the commentaries. He just said, it's like he was offended that Jack McGregor thought he could tackle him. Uh, it was actually Jack McGregor. He threw him into, as he said, into next week. And, and I think he said in three strides... He covered like 15 metres. He'd done a dummy, a step, and a fend-off in like three strides. It, it was just unbelievable. So it, it showed what he can offer. I think I'm, I'm very excited to see more of it. Yeah, that was huge. Excellent. Well, no, those are some good games. The Force, as we've said before, look, they're, they're actually a really calm, composed team, have a really solid defensive structure. Set piece is amazing. The they mature, just need a bit of that attack, but we'll get into that in the preview. So, but you are... And you'd expect that when the average age is 40 and they start finally finding a little bit of cohesion. That's true. I'm surprised that the, the average hairline isn't more similar to yours, though, but they've still got some what nice amazing. Yeah, it's very good. All right, well, let's move on to Super Rugby Aotearoa. Two games there. Uh, it was actually the Super Rugby Aotearoa Pacifica round. Uh, so last week we had the First Nations round and Super Rugby AU. And, um, yeah, the Pacifica round was great. It was good to see a lot of players getting into it, some of the traditional dress, um, some more... Uh, I'm not sure if there's more harkers, but certainly just an awesome feel around the week. Artie Sevilla was certainly very passionate about it. Um, yeah, it was very cool. So the first game of the weekend was the Hurricanes and the Chefs. Um, certainly a game of two halves uh, to 
say the old adage. Um, returning Caleb Trask from a, a knee injury preseason, he was thrown straight into the starting lineup. Uh, Bryn Gatland, not even to the bench, see a champ. Harry, what did you had to say about that? I think he was always going to get an opportunity no matter what and because DMAC is clearly going to come on and play the last 20 at 10. There's no reason yeah. to play both of them. So they'll work out who their first choice is, but um, I, I think this is bound to happen at some point. Oh, I think they've worked it out after this game as well, but that's Absolutely. just my... I disagree, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the previous. Um, Aiden Ross returned from a knee injury as well preseason to start at loose head and Quinn Tapia, uh, he returned from a hammy injury uh, did he play last week as well? I've actually, I should know because he's in my fantasy team. Weeks ago. But, um, no, they had, okay. they had Wainui playing at centre, remember? Yes. Well, anyway, Quinn's play, he was awesome. Um, and injuries this week, we had Tupo Va'i, uh, a concussion. So he failed his HIA and didn't return. Uh, I forget how early it was, but um, I think it was pretty early in the game. So uh, this one, as I said, game of two halves. The uh, Hurricanes... Uh, basically played their game the first half and uh, it looked like it was going to be extended. Have the Chiefs or did the Chiefs already take out the longest losing streak in New Zealand rugby or was this? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. they already had the record and they didn't they want to extend to, it. They had to beat the Crusaders to stop it. That's that's <laughs> true. So that was already a done deal. But um, no, uh, in terms of the possession, uh, Hurricanes ended this one with 39% possession to the Chiefs 61 uh, in the second half, which I was alluding to, uh, the Chiefs actually had 65% possession. Um, territory 35 to 65 in the second half was 29 to 71%. So the Chiefs had 65% possession and 71% territory in that second half. So that was certainly a turnaround. Um, we had two. It was a, we had two new uh, pivots playing five eight. Uh, Auburn Ledger running out for the Hurricanes. Uh, the Hurricanes chose not to throw Geordie Barrett in there in ten. Uh, would have been tempting, um, but instead uh, threw Ledger out. I didn't think Ledger had a bad outing. It wasn't didn't particularly impress. But um, what did you guys make of Auburn? Didn't notice him, mate. He's a number yeah, nothing. What he did. So that's the only, the, the yeah. most noticeable thing was his fluoro orange boots. That's about it. But, you know uh, that the, the number ten is on the field. <laughs> excellent. Uh, Lamarpe two try assists. He certainly got back involved in the game. Look, um, it was nice. To, Sorry? Seriously, yeah. Just put him at 10. <laughs> yeah. like, it actually could be a masterstroke for them. Just give him the ball. Just run three centers out there, mate. Him, Billy Proctor, and Peter Munga Jensen. Why Ooh. not? Yeah. <laughs> I'll put him in Tasso, but yeah. 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 Chuck him out. Um, very good. And look, so yeah, it was nice seeing him get back involved because we talked about in the preview last week, um, it was it was bizarre how they hadn't been using him. Um, Ray Arce, mate, we could talk about him for another three minutes, but... Um, <laughs> How good was he? Two tries uh, and just, as we've been saying the whole year, we'll get into it in the previews, but, yeah, he was just immense, strong, fast, unbelievable. So he was very good. Halftime, 26-7 to 7 for the Canes. Um, and that's kind of where it all turned around. The Chiefs ended that half with a little bit of momentum, um, but the second half they came out. It took them a long time to get some pay, but once they did score, about 58 minutes in, they... Um, uh, yeah, they just opened the floodgates and they turned the game around. Chase Tia Tia coming on was amazing. Um, He's brilliant. Yeah, yep. it was good. It was huge. Uh, the only last big moments before I get the stats was Geordie Barrett making that you know fifty meter from the sideline penalty goal to put the, the Hurricanes uh, back in front, but um, uh, still the Chiefs came back and, and won that one. So uh, stats. Uh, 
Chiefs 525 to 350 metres, 23 to 16 tackle busts, 12 to 9 line breaks. Uh, so they dominated the attacking stats. Most of those came in the second half. Um, set piece was pretty even, not a lot of mistakes there. But um, yeah, in terms of fantasy, Ricky Riccatelli, a Nelson oh pickup, a one weeker, uh, was the <laughs> fantasy man of the match. 65 points from his seven carries, two tries. Uh, 11 line out throws, 12 tackles, just you know, work, just did some work. It was a really great battle between the two hookers in this one. And rounding out the points, we had Nata Akoi, 60 points, Brad Weber, and Rayasi, 54, Sam Kane, 53, above Artie Sevilla, 51 points, and Lamape on 48 points. This was a points fest. It was fantastic. And I, this is that's three matches so far. I've had the man of the match in each, so could be why telling. you're in the top, mate. Very, very point. telling. Mm. But yeah, anyway, a really fun game to watch. And it was awesome to see the Chiefs back and firing, wasn't it? Good luck getting the best in the next one. It was. It was. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just uh, just sending some hate Nelson's way over here. Richie Mo uh, is just going to ruin your streak, so suck at that. But yeah, it was awesome seeing the Chiefs just back in, in uh, full flight. And I mean, we saw this for a little while the week earlier against the Crusaders as well. But um, and sorry, against the Blues a couple of weeks ago as well, and then before they got overrun. But they're just they're at their best. They're a very very good side, and with a bit of confidence, anything could happen with them. Mm. Well, it was interesting that they had previously started games really well and then just fallen apart. This game, it took them a whole half to really get into it, and then the second half, they just uh, it was huge. I think the pivotal moment was Chase Tia running out and Dean Mac moving into ten. Yeah, um, oh, that really cool. just seemed to work for them. Just obviously, just like Lamape, give Dmac the ball. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Uh, the game of the round, the one we we're all well, I don't know about the game of the round, but the one we were all waiting for. Um, we've been waiting a year for it after it was cancelled last year. The Blues and the Crusaders in Auckland. Harry, are you going to take us through this one? Yep. Uh, four tries each. Forty-three to twenty-seven, though the Crusaders over the Blues. The Crusaders that look like they actually turned up to play, and that all the other games so far this year have just been practice runs for them. Just preseason. I don't think they'd kicked a single penalty from memory uh, before this game. In this one, they actually decided to take their points when they had the opportunity because they actually realised they might actually need some scoreboard pressure. So, uh, Richie Mo, excellent again, uh, kicked absolutely everything. But uh, is, that, is that when you know, is that when you know you're fucked? When the Crusaders take a penalty goal, you go, "Oh yeah, shit, yeah. they're serious. actually here to play today." Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> <laughs> they're taking it seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, returning for this one, you had Cullen Grace come back from his rib injury, Ethan Blackadder back from his concussion, Ollie Yeager coming back from his foot injury, and TJ Farney. He had a long term injury for the Blues that he made his comeback off the bench. Uh, very no, normally they're, they're established number 12, so it was good to see him back. Finlay Christie, after a very good year last year, came back off the bench as well, and I thought he looked very good when he came on, really sped up the ball for them. And uh, Alex Hodgman as well, another excellent, excellent return. I thought he was fantastic in the front row. Only one injury in this game, yet again, a concussion to Blake Gibson this time. Uh, the bloke did more in attack in, in the 41 minutes he was on the field than he did in the last five seasons. But <laughs> The revolving door for him. He's, he's come in and he's just oh, himself right straight out, you know. So bad. <laughs> the Blues, Blues dominated 61% possession and 59% territory, but Crusaders' defence is just exceptional. And once the Crusaders started to get the ball, they just dominated. Um, that Paul Williams I thought was pretty good. I thought he just let the game flow really, really well. 
Um, so, so props to him for letting these guys just have an absolute slugfest. The blue set piece, I thought really interesting how dominant they were in the scrum early on. You know, there was that big turning point where it looked like for all money they were going to get a pushover penalty try and a yellow card to the Crusaders and everything was going their way. I think that had three scrum penalties or something up to that point. And then all of a sudden it goes the other way. Crusaders get the penalty, kissed on the dick. I think is the uh, term. I, or, that normally or, or that's just, or that's just a penalty. classic. That's a classic Crusaders move. Just uh, you know, letting them think they're on top and just waiting, and then just like, ah, no, we're the best. Sorry, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that was a massive turning point in the game, though. In all seriousness, uh, the, the Blues. It's not about playing eighty minutes anymore. Their bench has enough impetus. It's just that they need to be more accurate in defence to stop these counter-attacking chances from the Crusaders, and they need to take every opportunity that comes their way. I think Black missed a couple of kicks as well, which is important scoreboard pressure against a team that scores at will. And uh, how good was it seeing the Sevu Reese just uh, trolling of Rico Yuani as well? I thought that was pretty good. I, I wouldn't say he nailed the movement, but the troll worked very well. Yeah, he didn't get the two arms behind the biceps. Yeah, he didn't bounce it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'll, to be fair, I didn't like him trying to milk that penalty uh, later oh. on. Down there. Neither did I, but Mind you, that should have been a card. Kurt Eklund did try and kill him, so I have both those players. Severus. I did enjoy the suplex. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, but, mate, you can't complain about Kirk Eklund, mate, coming on and getting two tries. I mean, Jesus Christ. Almost red card. And he should have been redded as well. <laughs> Richie Moe just still entered the cheat codes at the start of the game again, just doing whatever the hell he felt like. That try that he scored late in the game as well, he should have oh. passed the Severus Reese personally, I believe. But, <laughs> man, he just does it so easy. Yeah, that looks like you're playing rugby 08 on PlayStation. It doesn't. And you just kind of run through and somehow you just go through the players. That's what that looked like. Yeah. He is ridiculous. Look, the, the stats in attack were all exceptional, but all very even. So we'll go to uh, defense 85% from the Crusaders, 73% from the Blues, despite only making 75 tackles, attempting 75 tackles. They missed 20 of them. So wow. I think that just shows how deadly the Crusaders were with the ball. Um, and we've talked about the set piece already. The, the line out, I think, was pretty even, surprisingly. Fantasy man of the match, anyone's guess? Uh, Maunga. Man of the round. Yeah, that's right. Again, 73 points, five runs, 34 metres, two line breaks, five tackle busts to try, a try assist, and nine from nine kicks. Cody Taylor, again, big 57. Rico Iwani, 44. And Sammy Whitelock, 44, continues to score really well. He does. And I think, look, just uh, further on what you said about... Um, the Blues not converting down there. So the, the Blues were pretty, it was pretty holistic performance from them. They've really stepped up in terms of previous years. But the Crusaders, I think the telling stat in that first half was they went into the Blues 22 three times and they came away with two tries and a penalty goal. You know, just every time convert is unbelievable. Absolutely. So I don't know how you make them. Awesome. Um, but anyway, very good. All right. Well, that will uh, take us on to our main course, uh, which is draft rugby round Five? Round five. Yeah, good. I know where we are. Um, and the buys this week are the Crusaders. Uh, they've, I think I already saw a, um, a headline in the paper saying, uh, just give them the, the trophy now. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, uh, I don't, I'm surprised they're still so bold with that. The, that headline was from the last World Cup saying, just give the All Blacks the World Cup now. And it was like, mm, I'm not sure how well that went for you. But um, <laughs> but anyway, the so the Crusaders have a buy. So basically... Everyone will need to pick up fantasy players this week because there's at least 23 players on fantasy teams that are not playing. Um, <laughs> and uh, the Rebels also have a buy this week in Super Rugby AU. So, so that means uh, there's 23 players in fantasy teams yeah. that are not playing this week. <laughs> oh, how good. Um, so the first first game, we'll, we'll go through the two Super Rugby yeah. AU games first. Yeah. Nels, do you want to take us into 
the Brumbies and the Force, please. Yeah, look, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup between these two. Hopefully we see the return of James Slipper after his MCL injury because the Brumbies basically have no props. So if they can get Slipper back, I think it's going to be pretty important for them. You know, you did see how well the force played last week in terms of that scrum, you know, different patches of the game. The, the Brumbies were weaker last week as well, I think, in the scrum. So it, it is... We're just going to confirm my, my phone didn't ring, so um, they didn't uh, require my services down there. But mate, uh, maybe the force will lend them some props. I don't know. Um, mate, you've got a good crack playing centres for the Waratahs this coming week. So <laughs> that's true. don't that's worry true. about it. You've still got time. But, yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's a very good point. Like, the, the Reds were so incredibly dominant. And yes, it was Taniela Tupo, but the fourth scrum stood up against him. And I think James Slipper is going to be underdone. He was a four- to six-week injury. Yep. And they're bringing him back after, what, two? So I think they've realised that they literally have no one and he must play for them. Yeah, I spent the week trying to trade away Tom Robertson because I thought, look, whilst he's a really good prop, I thought he was just going to get penalised all game against Daniela Tupo. And uh, lo and behold, uh, all the penalties were going against the Reds. I couldn't believe it. It was yeah. awesome. Pretty, pretty, pretty silly in your behalf, mate. But yeah, so it's going to be an awesome set-piece battle, I think. But I, I'm expecting the force to, to be on top of that. Uh, I don't know about lineouts. But um, yeah. I'm sure you'll talk about that. Well, I think that that front row for for the force is you know a, a really pivotal thing for them. The Kaiatu's been playing really really good around the paddock, but his big weakness is his lineout. His lineout mm. throwing has been significantly off, potentially the worst in both competitions. That's not looking at stats. That's going off gut feel. But I was about to say last time you said that exact same thing. I think he did really well. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that you that butchered it last time? Um... This is your memory again. Now it's just playing up, mate. It definitely was you. But no, look, Kaito U's been really, really good around that paddock. Do we get to see Murphy starting again? I mean, I'm looking at something different. Don't worry. Uh, Do we get to see Fyenga scoring try after try after driving more? Well, they didn't. They didn't. The first time they matched up, Force absolutely nullified the rolling more. They they really did. I mean, the, the Brumbies seeming in recent weeks to improve and get back to a little bit of that strength. And maybe Fanga is a little part of when he picks and chooses and breaks off, but Mm. the force clearly had a plan to shut that down last matchup. So there's a good chance we get to see that again this coming week, see if they can back it up. I think that's going to be pretty big for them. And mate, what what do you guys think the chances are of um, Sidalecki Tamani came in and I thought he played a huge role. I thought he was awesome um, in the set piece, but also, I mean, he, and made a turnover or two, just made his presence felt. Uh, I don't know if we'll see it, and I, I'm sure you guys will have more details than me, but what about they could bring Isaac Rodder in off the bench or, or into start this week? Is it? Rodder won't be back, I think, for a handful of months. He won't be okay, back. Okay, it's not, it's, not it's not a Sidalecki Tamani sign and starting this weekend type job? He, his return will likely be, I think, for internationals. You know, okay. I don't think it'll be for any Super Rugby. Right, but still, screw Rodder, mate. Tamani, how good was he? I, I loved seeing him back and uh, was, I thought he was really good. He was just good to get through his work, I think, you know, pretty physical as well, which is, is something we come to expect from him. But look, I, this is going to be a ferocious battle in front. I think we've talked a lot about those, you know, tie forwards. But an interesting thing here is you, you've read in McGregor or Miotti. Uh, interestingly, Miotti or, or McIntyre, I suppose, but Miotti has already signed overseas, so I don't think they're giving him uh, much of a chance. And I, th- I mean, maybe there's a good chance we don't see him unless they feel like they desperately need him. Mm. You know, well, I, I think we're going to see McIntyre continuing to start at ten, and McGregor getting a bit of time off the bench. I thought McIntyre was injured, so I thought he, um, 
Yeah, he limped off, remember? Oh, yeah, he did limp off. Yeah, I think well, you guys well, thought it looked like an MCL, so he got kind of bent over uh, in that tackle and his knee back. went yeah, his oh, knee went real bad did, back. That yeah. did look pretty aggressive. Look, oh, hopefully we see... Um, and uh, I think... For, for, I was going to say, for mine, that's one of these things we've talked about is that the force have been good, but one of the things they just lacked has been that attacking punch. Um, and I know Harry thought Jake McIntyre had been playing all right, but, mate, it's Jake McIntyre, all right? Just yes, oh, yeah. club-grade footy, that's about it. Uh, Miotti, international star in the making, and uh, Jack McGregor as well. Yeah. Jack McGregor's a fullback flyer. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys that attacks at all costs. I want to see either of those guys boys, in there. Boys, don't talk over each other. You know, I'm coming first in the pod in the draft. I'll, I'll talk us through this. Look, Miotti would be good to see come in. Obviously, I think they're making a, a you know a little bit of a point. He's signed offshore. He's not committed to the team. Whereas we do have McGregor. He's been there for a long time. He's very committed to the team. I think they're going to give McGregor the crack. He's a and fullback. I no, he's a fullback ten. He's played the majority of his career at ten. He's at ten fifteen. He's so played. The, he's played more rugby at ten than he has at fifteen. You reckon so. McGregor over John O'Lance is what you're saying? I don't know. Look, I think I suspect they might pick John O'Lance, um, oh. which could which could mean I I, honestly, I just didn't want to say it. Yeah, I didn't want to put that thought out in the atmosphere. But I I, I think that Lance that could mean some intercept tries for the Brumbies. Man, I, I forgot Lance was there. He will come on. He will give tries to the Brumbies. So that's he's definitely going to start, and McGregor is going to be in the bench. That's fair. Um, how do you guys see this one going? Do you see it going any other way than the Brumbies winning this one? Do you think the force for the record, can get close? For the record, McGregor came on for Kearney last week. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't he's been matter. coming on at 15, but I'm just saying he's played more 10. But he started played... at 10 once or twice last year for the force. but um, He started heaps of them at 10. Yeah, look, I mean, I see the Brumbies winning this game. Uh, the Brumbies are fresh off a bye. Yes, they've, um, you know, missing a few props and whatnot. But, um, I mean... The Brumby's set piece is pretty incredible all the time anyway. So uh, I don't think the force will – I think it'll be a really good battle to set piece, but just the backs for the Brumbies, that's, I, that attack there is going to be – it's going to knock the socks off the, the force. I, I hope the force can back this one up. I, look, I think this match is probably a little more suited to the force than the Reds. I, I, I didn't see how they were going to stop, you know, a, a really – you know, well-oiled attacking dominant, you know, back line where every person in that back line can break the line. I, I thought that was going to be pretty tricky for the force. So it'll be interesting to see. They've got quite solid defense. They've got quite a good scrum. It'll be interesting to see how they can hold up against this this team here. And, I mean, if Lance comes on, Lance is a relatively good kicker. So it'll be interesting to see. But I, I think the Brumbies will get away a little bit more than the Reds did here. I'm going to say 12 points, two tries. I think it'll be closer. I think especially if they can, the Western Force can hold the rolling mall, I think we'll be, again, surprised. I think it'll be eight or nine points, caught nine points. Yeah, I feel like I'm still just like too, uh, still lack too uh, much, have too little respect for the Force. So I'm going to say Brumbies by 15. Um, and uh, the only last thing, I know we've already got to how we think the games will go, but in terms of selections, I think the teams have pretty much picked themselves. But I just wanted to get your opinions because I'm biased, but um, Tim Anstey, you know, he, he was great, but uh, we, uh, where are we going to see him play? I don't think he'll start at lock. And if they want to keep playing Fergus Lee Warner at six, then it's probably the bench for him. You know what I mean? Like there's, what do you guys see happening with that? I mean, that's all right. He's he's played one game starting, like just I, let him build. That's I, all right. I see him coming off the bench. He's, he's quite a good, you know, finisher to close out a game as well. Exciting. Give him, you know, tired defenders and he might be able to open that game up late in the game. Very good. All right. Well, let us move on to the um, what's going to be the upset of the round. Um, the 
Suntars and the Reds. Um, I'm happy to just call them the Horatars. I don't need to call them the Suntars, mate. But um, uh, Harry, I'll let you do the pleasure of this one. Oh, mate, this is your game. I was saving myself for Altaroa. Go on. All right, fine. Okay. You. All right. Well, coming back, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> None of us want to talk about the Waratahs. Um, coming back, we will have Angus Bell returning from an ankle injury. So, look, maybe, as we've said, he can just arty severe it up, put the team on those big Mr. Incredible shoulders and carry himself across the line. Nelson, how did you just wardrobe change into all of your Tars gear in those two seconds? That was pretty incredible. Um Harry's trying to do the same, but it won't have the same effect. For those who are listening to us, of course, you can find this video on YouTube. We are trying to get some more subscribers on there and push that. Um, so if you want to see Nelson's shiny head uh, and Harry and Nelson's wardrobe changes throughout, um, get after us on YouTube. So very good. You're now in the red, Harry. So we've got the reds versus the blues. Um, look, I mean... One of you could play for one of those teams. Um, I don't think anyone's slotting into the Reds, but uh, look, either of us, any of us might be able to find our way into the Tars if you yep. just snuck into the change room. So anyway, the game returning. Angus Bell, Isaiah Parisi coming back from um, a Reds card um, for his just ridiculous Against tackle. old team, mind you. Mm. Who was it? It was against Paisami. That's right. Paisami had a good laugh and just tapped him on the head and went, see you, champ. Now, uh, that was that used to be me, but it's now you. So, um, Will Harris returning for the Tars. Uh, probably off the bench. It'd be nice to have him. And Dave Fio Fotoweka, the uh, loose head prop, returning after his red card as well. Uh, I guess um, the Reds are going to win this one, obviously. I mean, what? Look, let's start with the start with the Reds. Do they what? Do they make any changes? I mean, I don't know. I was just thinking about how poor Hamish Stewart has been. Um, you know, he's one. I think we talked about last week, but his one week of indiscretions now means that uh, he's probably never starting in this side again. Um, with Paisami just unbelievable at twelve. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what's is there anything to change for the Reds? I wouldn't change a thing. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, Filippo Dunguno might come back. <laughs> okay, sorry. I might change that. That's probably that's fairly important. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think Josese was quite as damaging as what we were hoping last week, and that was probably credit to the Western Force. So I think we're we're a lot better than we all expected as well. But yeah, Dungan will come straight back onto the bench. I think uh, under the wing. Sorry. So that'll be the one obvious one. Yep, makes sense. Very good. Dungan back in, and uh, yeah, otherwise I think we'll see the same team roll out. We still think um, we've said this is the year of Alex Murphy. We'll still see him to continue to start BPA to come on. I can't. Look, I, you know, eventually they'll just pop it'll it up. Be interesting to see what they do there. Maybe this is the week that you know they make that transition against the Santas. Brendan Bangamosa really shored up that you know scrum, and he, he's quite a good defensive player as well. So maybe this is when he gets his crack to to see if he can earn that starting jersey back. Very good, and um, so it's going to be Paisami running up against Tepai Maroa. Um, it's not going to be. It's not going to be that. Who's going to be? Paisami, Hunter Paisami running all over Tepai Maroa. Well, no, it's not running all over. It's actually just, this might right. be the one time we see um, Hunter Paisami take one step to the side because we've proven that's all you have to do to run past Tepai Maroa. You I don't just think take... it makes any difference. No, it's fair. <laughs> Tepai Maroa does not miss tackles. He doesn't get close enough to miss them. That's Simple as that. 
that's a fair statement. So um, if, if you're wondering where this game is going to be won and lost, the midfield defense for the Waratahs is despicable. Like it is arguably the worst I've ever seen. I remember a couple of years ago thinking the actual Sunwolves was really bad in that area. Tepa Moroa, inside and outside him, is just next level bad. And if Paisami is going to start running the ball rather than just hitting his cross kicks and throwing long balls and doing whatever the hell else, else he pleases against these sides, like he did last week, I think he could score another two. <laughs> tries like Marara is so slow laterally that if Paisami throws a dummy he'll just run straight around the outside of him do you know what I see as an option bring Parisi at outside center and bring Fichetti onto inside center he cannot be worse Mm. yeah it's fair I think that's legitimately a good option that is where they've been losing games and bleeding points consistently You know, it's breaking down opportunities for them in attack as well. Change them both. I think you're right. I think Fichetti should start this week. Yeah, he's a talented player. He is. I think, yeah, Drew Mitchell was saying uh, in the commentary, just like he was surprised that it had taken this long for Fichetti to start because, um, oh, sorry, Fichetti to get a run this weekend, he was uh, last weekend, because uh, he wasn't, hasn't been injured. He's done his homework, so that's probably why. Yeah. Um, very good. So... Yeah, I mean, look, the last game was, it does stick in our minds. The Reds won 41 to 7, which was a record win against the Waratahs. Can they do even better? That's the, uh, that's the question. As we've said, they're just going to attack in that midfield, um, split up the Tars, and then give it to the people out wide to score tries. But um, I don't know. Uh, What's before, before, before I ask for your tips, Tars, uh, apart from putting in those centres, Anything else they can do? I think Angus Bell coming in will be great. Um, no other changes really that I can think of. Anyone? And I, I looked at this. So I think, what? okay, what, what should the Waratahs be targeting? Number one, they should be doing rain dancing because then that way it'll hopefully bring the score back. Don't think it's going to happen. The forecast from the weatherman is 21 degrees and cloudy. They need to be shoring up their midfield defence by bringing in Lala Kai Fichetti. I think they need to actually bring some physicality through their loose forwards who are meant to be physical, but are not slowing the ball down, not actually pushing people behind the game line. So that's an obvious one. And then it'll learn to stop a rolling ball. Otherwise, BPA and Alex Murphy are going to have a field day. I think the opportunity for the Waratahs, where they might actually score their two tries when they concede six, First of all, somehow we haven't actually used Nwangani Dawasi for a crossfield kick on the line yet. Now, we know how deadly he is in that area, and Will Harrison has an excellent kicking game as well. So that's a good one. Also, mm. the lineout has surprisingly been very solid for the Waratahs the last few weeks, despite having zero locks on the field, it seems. And, uh, and, and because of that, again, I think that the Waratahs have to slow their game down and go back to the basics, much the same way as what the Rebels did. They need yep. to kick to the corners, play the lineouts, try and put some pressure on, back Lalakai Fichetti to be far better than Tepai Moroa, and then hopefully force some mistakes. And if they get a penalty, they need Will Harrison to kick it because he kicks absolutely everything. 100% this year. It's, Excellent, it's, Harry. Thank, thank you for bringing that home, mate. I had just uh, run out of gusto for this game. I just well, didn't want to. I, I think one thing he left out is Jordi yep. Pataya is also a shambles in a lot of the time. You know, it, it, he's been talked up. Yes, he, I think he had his best game last week, but he is throwing off loads, going to no one. He's doing silly balls. He's dropping the ball in contact. Maybe this is where Parisi can show some actual value and get back into this tire side and get the fans on his side because he is a physical defender at 13. He would love to match up against Pattaya. You know, he, he saw the 13 jerseys, what he wanted while he was at the Reds. So maybe this is where he can actually, you know, earn that Waratahs. I think, well, just to be clear, it sounds like you'd rather have Isaiah Parisi than Jordan Pattaya. Um, is that what you're saying? Or? No, what I'm saying is 
I think Pattaya has been all over the shop this year. He, he got told, uh, and my assumption is he got told not to throw those offloads to be more tr- more mature, and then he did nothing for a number of weeks, and then he's been told, okay, you can go back to playing your game. And I think it's been good for him, but also I still think his handling things have been quite poor. He, he his offloads have been poor. Yeah, he throws a lot of dumb offloads and loses ball in contact. So surely it means that the outside backs for the Targetars need to be waiting for those poor offloads to actually try and counter. Parisi, target him. It's gonna, it's gonna just destroy him. I reckon. Keep Mate, Alex Newsom doesn't know what to look for on the rugby field, mate. Don't um, we're, we're take him off the rugby field. You won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> True. Very good. All right. Well, look, we've talked about this game for too long. Uh, tips. What do we think? Um, Harry, you first. Reds by forty. Nelson, uh, more or less higher. Or I'm gonna be extremely generous to the Tars. Reds by thirty nine. All right, and um, I'll take the low liar just to uh, bag the win. Reds by 38. Um, so <laughs> very, very yes, good. Exactly. Lots of confidence there. Uh, excellent. Well, now um, let's move on to Super Rugby Aotearoa. Uh, and the first game we have for that is the Highlanders and the Hurricanes. Harry, you've saved yourself for the Kiwi games. I'm back. My gusto's up. We're talking Super Rugby Aotearoa. Let's do it, Harry. <laughs> All right, so returning, first of all, Janet Arecki, they are pretty confident that he'd be back. Looked like a really bad injury on the field, but actually a hip pointer. So essentially like a bony bruise through the pelvis, <coughs> the front of the hip. So obviously massive in for them with the form that he was in. Parry Parry Parkinson played for the, de- the development side a couple of weeks ago. So he's back from his, <coughs> excuse me, Corona, uh, back from his off-season ankle surgery. Liam Squire was kind of managed for his workload last week. So I think we'll see him back in the squad again this week. Uh, and uh, that's bad news for Kazuki Himeno, who's another bloke that's unlikely to get into the 23 because of it. Scotty Scrafton back for the Hurricanes from his ankle injury, which is a very quick return considering how bad it looked. And Dane Coles, I think he's still 50-50. They haven't confirmed him yet, but he seems to be touch and go every week for this lingering calf injury. Did he? I believe he played for the Hurricane Hunters last weekend. Um, Did he? I, I, I'm, I actually didn't see footage of it, but they said he was going to. Um, okay. You never know with Dan Coles, but um, yeah. That's a good sign. The Highlanders, so first of all, I mean, the question that we asked every single week, and we'll ask it again, Solomon Alamalo, what the actual fuck is Tony Brown trying to do with him? He came to be coached by Brown, and then he isn't getting picked. So first of all, who do you drop for Alamalo? This is the obvious question. Is it Connor Garden Bashup or is it Mitch Hunt? Now, personally, I think it should be Mitch Hunt. Put Mitch Hunt on the bench, let him kick his... He's good from the 78th to the 80th minute. He's one of the best. But he's just not that good yeah. from the 0th to the 78th minute. I actually think he hasn't added what he would normally add in terms of his kick percentage and things, and we'll t- touch on that a little bit later. He, he hasn't, but don't, let's not forget that line-breaking awesome long boy through. But he has been adding something a little different, which is his attacking skills. But Alamalo has that. Yeah. But this is the other thing is that Josh Yuan is a good enough ball player. I don't I, I don't see why every team is so obsessed with having two ball players. You know They're what not. I mean? Josh Josh Yuani is is well certainly a good enough ball player to to use these men out wide. Yep. I think it really depends on who your centers are. And uh if, if they've got a center that can actually help distribute as well, I think that makes it pretty easy to justify getting Alamalo at the back. They don't. Uh Tomkinson and Tumunga Oh yeah, but he's outside center. He's not gonna play inside. Yeah. You can definitely slot That's in, fine. though. You yeah, know, like, 
He's got a very good skill set. No, uh, James Enano played that role for the Wallabies in the World Cup at 13. Uh, look, so I, I hope it's Mitch Hunt that goes back to the bench. I think he's a good player to come off the bench, and I'm excited to see more of what Connor Garden Bashup can do. Uh, Marina Machiele, too, I'm not sure why he didn't start last week because he's sorry, two weeks ago his replacement was awful, but uh, he's an obvious one. He needs to come back into the starting side. The, the reason they gave was Hugh Renton's physicality, but um, yeah, shut up. like. It's Michele too, man. No one believes that. Exactly. Not, not a single person believes that. <laughs> Ash Dixon, Liam Coltman, they're just going to keep swapping. I think Ash Dixon is the first choice, so I expect him to start, though. Um, Josh Dixon, Parry, Parry, Parkinson in the locks will be really good. Manaki Selby, Rickett on the bench. I know, Kagi, you had a, a thought that maybe the easiest way to get all these amazing loose forwards onto the field is just to push Jay, uh, Liam Squire into lock. Look, I doubt they'll do it. But, yeah, he's tall enough, mate. He's 6'5". He's, like, 196 centimetres. Um, centimetres taller than Dixon. Like, it's actually not an unreasonable suggestion. Yeah. Uh, mate, I've, saw, I've said this years ago, but you saw a photo with him standing next to Peter Steph to toy. He's basically the same height as the bloke. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Because it's otherwise, how do you get Squire on there? You, you're not going to pick him ahead of Frizzell and Michele too, are you? So, um, if you wanted some more punch, chuck him in there a lot. We have been pretty right about a lot of the predictions we've made for footy players this year and how they're going to go. I was pretty adamant that Frizzell was going to fade away and he's been excellent this year. So maybe this is the game that it starts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dig my heels in. Uh, <laughs> on top of that, James Lenches, I think he's uh, he looks like a new player this year with the exercise he's put on. So Ooh. exciting to see him. I think he he be him as a leader of this side is likely to continue to start. As well, um, I think the opportunity probably most most significantly for the Highlanders in this game is going to be their nine and ten axis. Aaron Smith and Joshuaane are really, really good, really, really good, and uh, that axis is so much better than Campbell or Tamatine and Ledger. It's just chalk and cheese. Yeah, so we're talking orders of magnitude. So we're talking, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just. It, it really is incredibly one-sided. So I think that's where the game should be won and lost for the, the Highlanders. I think they need to be darting from Aaron Smith off the half. And I think Joshua just needs to be running the ball all day, which we love watching happen anyway. So it'll make it very entertaining if that does happen. Look, we'll, I'll keep pushing on. Uh, Hurricanes, I mean, Devin Flanders, Reed Princip is your question here. I think that Princip still has a lot of pull in that squad, but I like Devin Flanders. I think he's shown what he's capable of, and, you know, there's some big raps on him as a young player coming through. So I just hope they don't take too long to develop him. I just think he adds a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. He's just He's got a skill set. Princip is a – look, he does a job, but he's a very one-dimensional player. He just makes tackles and yeah. he clears people out. That's about the sum of all parts. It's a couple of weeks later than we thought as well. Salisi Rayasi, we said, was going to just destroy everyone this year, and he's now doing that. I think he has definitely given himself enough reason to get a couple more weeks in the starting jersey. I think Julian Sevilla probably not quite as dominant as we would hope. Uh, so I, I still think it'll probably be those two starting Huyston on the on the bench, but um, there's definitely a big rise for Rayasi's stocks there. Matt, uh, I think Rayasi's just getting started. You know what I mean? Like he's just warming up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Campbell or Tamatine, who cares, mate? Flip a coin. Um, <laughs> surely surely Tam- Tamatine. Well, you say that, but Campbell was good. He played really well last week in his first game ever. In and again, to, to reiterate, though, who cares? Uh, move on. Yeah, that's right. Um, what else? Dan Coles, Ricky Kelly. Yep. I don't think Asafra Moore is going to be back from his AC joint injury, but I'd expect that maybe Dan Coles comes back off the bench. It doesn't seem like they want to rush him this year at all. Particularly um, since Ricatelli had a good game. 
Yeah, exactly week. right. Exactly. But that was never in doubt. He's excellent. And look, the Hurricanes' big advantage, I think it's their midfield. I think it's Nani Lamarpe, Peter Amunga Jensen. I'm assuming he, he pushes Billy Proctor back to the bench. Proctor still yet to actually show why he ever gets picked. He's very much like his brother in that way. Um, <laughs> I, I think that they're probably a class above Sarah Tompkinson and Michael Collins. So if they're going to have an impact and control this game, I think that's probably where they'll do it. Boys, Looking forward to, to see, seeing Sarah and Lamarpe butt heads, though. That'll be good. That big be. hitter versus big runner. Craigs, who's your pick? I hadn't thought about it till just then. You've okay, got me Nelson, on the spot. Who's your pick? <laughs> got him! <laughs> Return of sir. Uh, I, I don't it's know. Under the roof, boys. Let's I, just I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Under the roof. Home of fantasy. Points. I'm going to go under the roof. I'm going to say Highlanders at home, one to twelve. Yeah, I'm going to say Highlanders by one to twelve. Give us a margin. Yeah, come on, mate. Seven. I'm going to go Highlanders by more. I think the Hurricanes are in a little bit of trouble at the moment. I'm going to say Highlanders by 12 points. And I'm going to say whatever the over and under total points for the game is, go over. It's always over. I think I'll echo those thoughts. I'm going to say Highlanders by 13 plus. Uh, No, 13. Only only if um, Solomon Amalo plays as well. Uh, So just (laughs) get get my boy in there. Otherwise, that's a draw. But either way, um, fantasy points are plenty, as you said, Harry, under the roof. Um, it's going to be a good one. So definitely pick up some players there. Uh, the last game of the round, the Chefs and the Blues, Nelson. Mate, what an exciting game. This is going to be something that, you know, we're, we're both all, we're all waiting for here. Uh, we've got potentially the return of Dalton Papali from his concussion, maybe Mark Talia from his concussion. Um, Harry's, you know, speculating who'd be Narawa uh, playing on the wing last week. He's been disappointed. as well was on the list, and they picked Bryce Heem. Like they brought out the old man um, who old runs man like a weirdo. Old man Heem. But who, to be fair, I thought he was all right. He, he, <laughs> he did, did actually have an all right game. Yeah, he, he did a couple of good things. But look, I mean, the the first thing of this is how good is this back row battle going to be? Do we have Boshir Kane Jacobson as the the back row for the Chiefs? God, I hope we do because that's what we've all been waiting for. What we all want to see, and how does this Blues back, you know, back row shape up? Obviously, we have Satutu at eight. We have Akira at six. Who do we see? We, I mean, they've got Robert Robinson on the bench as well. He's absolutely amazing. Is he going to come on and get some time in that back row, or is he going to be coming in in the locks? Doesn't probably surely you think he's going to be the guy to return and, and start, or what are we thinking? If Dalton's not fit, I actually genuinely think <clears throat> that they should play big source at seven. I don't think they need a typical seven. So good when he came on. Big South. Yeah, why do you why do you need someone going for pilfers when you can just knock everyone off the park? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of teams that are doing it these days. I actually genuinely think it's a good option for them. It, mm. It's actually probably a fair fair point. And we haven't had, as Nelsie, you're alluding to it, but we haven't had any updates on Lachlan Bosch here, have we? I think the latest from the Casualty Ward, which you can find up on the blog, is, uh, yeah, no um, no new updates on that, unfortunately. So a lot of anxious people, particularly you two, who are very keen to see one of the players of Super Rugby 2020 uh, come back. Jacobson, I know I do not want to see Bosch come back. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, well, Jacobson, God, he's been good, hasn't he? He has been good. 
Mm. As been, expected. He's been brilliant. Someone who I think is living up to some of that potential, I think as expected, but, you know, maybe he was undervalued. Takeaho, he's been really, really good coming into his own. And boy, oh boy, was he awesome last week. He is an exciting hooker. I don't know how the Kiwis keep doing it, but they just have these dynamic uh, hookers one after each other. Mate, he's powerful. He's got skills. I mean, he made it. He ran a line, made a line break in the middle of the field uh, to score set up that first try. Yeah, he's awesome. The only big mistake he did make was um, he obviously didn't know how to stay at the back of the rolling mall and hold onto the ball and get a try as the hooker, and say instead passed it back and let a lock get a, a try. I mean, that's that's a big failing for a hooker in uh, particularly in fantasy rugby. So um, Harry was very ecstatic about that. But um, <laughs> no, but he was great though. He was really good. A big question mark for the Chiefs, Caleb Trask or Bryn Gatlin. Look, I think we were alluding to this a little bit earlier. You were, Craig's. Harry disagreed. But, look, Trask was not really up to it in defence last week. I think he really suits them in attack a bit better than Gatlin. Gatlin only really offers that kick. But, I mean, it was one match. It was one match. Trask in the last two years has made 50 out of 55 tackles. Gatlin has made six of 11 in professional footing in the last two years. Anything above minor 10 or anything like that. So, look, I mean, it, it's he, he does in history have relatively good defense. He got found out last week. I mean, that's a channel I'd be attacking if he was there. But, look, I, I think Trask is the man to, to get the start this week. I disagree. Or, or I do disagree. they think Gatlin will be more suited to this matchup? With the I just boys? think Gatlin has another level of composure. I agree Trask hits the line quite He's well, composed. But I, I actually genuinely think you guys are underrating Gatlin. I think he's better than you give be credit for. I just think, look, Gatlin really wants to play for the Chiefs, but, um, mate, he does. He just doesn't suit the team. The Chiefs are about chaos and anarchy. Yeah. They just attack at the true meaning of attack at all costs. And just the difference for me was evident in that game about Trask just attacking the line. And, and what that did was bring his entire back line up so much quicker and faster. So they were running onto the ball with a lot more speed, um, creating a lot more opportunities. I just think Gatlin is a great player. And, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. He could be a better player against the Blues if they want to play a slower, kind of more composed, you know, Northern Hemisphere type of game. But... I don't think that's what they want to do. I think they Look, literally I, want to try the, the Highlanders game plan Craig, and run the Blues off their feet. I, I entirely agree with you, but there's a clear solution if that's it. It's you move DMAC to 10 mm. and you bring on Harry's man, Chase Tiatia, at fullback. That's it. It's not... Well, right. I'll, agree, I'll agree with you that Chase has to get on the field, mate. He was unbelievable when he came on. He, he was exciting. Look, I, I, I'd love to see that. I mean, D, as a DMAC owner, I'd prefer him to be at 15, but... I mean, while we're on that point as well, Tony Nanasatura's defence has been awful. Yes, he can step oh. and break a tackle, but his defence has been horrendous. And Jonah Lowe, other than being lightning quick chasing a tackle that he couldn't actually finish off, was, was again, yet to do anything. So I think there's Tia-tia. opportunity for Tia Tia to be on the field. He was excellent off the Mate, Sean Wainui should be back on that right wing for sure, right? It's I agree. Wainui and Tia Tia should be their wings Put, this, uh, this week. Put Ateni Nanaisatura on the bench. As a finisher. The, another question mark is that centre pairing. Do we see the same as we saw last week with Tapea at 12, Anton Leonard Brown at 13? Look, we all love Nankavell and we've talked him up in recent years. He's come in and out of that team. It, it's hard to know where he fits into this picture. They have rotated them a lot. But I don't I just, think it's that hard. I, I think it's Quintapaya and ALB. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have my Quintapaya coloured glasses on, but I thought he was awesome last week. He was just really good, in, and I think he's one of those guys who's really, really strong 
in contact. Like, he doesn't look like it, but the way he bounced people off in both attack and defense, he's insanely strong. Yeah, but uh, look, I mean, this is something that they they really want to attack, that chaos you're talking about, Craigs. That 10-12 channel of probably Black and maybe, or Black and maybe Plummer or Fayani, that could be a weak point for them in in defense. So this is something that the the Chiefs need to get right if they're going to win this one. For the Blues, surely, Harry, surely you start Eklund. Do you start him? He's got Surely. two tries in 30 minutes and he can't even get red carded when he tips someone on the head. He's immune. And uh, Start him. Do we see the merry-go-round of props happening? Big Carl, he only got 20 minutes. Carl Tuinokuanafi, I butchered that. Wow, it's late, boys. <laughs> I'm almost being Kagi. The bomb squad, mate. Yeah, look, it, did we see the bomb squad? He only got 20 minutes last week. Um, is Alex Hodgman the clear number one? I think so. So let's, let's just see. Finlay Christie, he was exciting off the bench. We talked him up a lot preseason. It was good to see him back in the team for them. He gave them good, quick ball, which is something when you've got such a good back line and a lot of, you know, good, strong attackers, you've got a good, good strong forward pack. He mm-hmm. might be, you know, that missing link that they need to, you know, really take it to the next level. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right, how do we see it going? <sighs> Look, uh, Harry... I'll let you go. Hold on, I got one other point. Oh, sorry, sorry. Did I skip? I skipped it. I skipped it. My bad. Put pair of franchise at ten. That was my point. Mate, I said that at the start of the year. You guys shut me down on that. How good? No, no way. I've always liked him at ten. I love him having the ball and then having a crack at the line. Like how many times did he almost break the Crusaders' defense? And that back line is lightning quick. He almost got through so many times against any other team. He had a couple of line breaks. I even I'm even have a Terra Black in my team, and I still want to see Para franchise at ten. And that also means that you can bring on either Imoni Narawa to fullback or. Zan Sullivan, Will Jordan 2.0, bring him on. Come on. Or wow. Bryce Heem. No, don't bring on Bryce Heem, please. Bryce Heem for sure. But look, Craig, here you go. You were the one who posed the question. Who do you think will win this one? The Blues. And by how much? Uh, I reckon a solid 10 points. Harry? I disagree. I think that Oof. the Blues are going to get some real dominance out of their scrum. But with, with that, uh, if they can minimise the amount of handling errors and the amount of scrums, I think the Chiefs, they've got a real chance. And I think they're very good. Tails up, hopefully, after breaking, getting the duck off their back of, uh, of the win. So I think they're going to win by two points and cause a huge upset. You know what? Uh, Harry and I discussed, well, I suppose he wasn't on the pod last week, but we were discussing, I, I thought the Chiefs were going to get their win. Breaks discussed out. with yourself. Yeah, I discussed it with myself. I thought the, I thought the Chiefs were going to get that win last week. I actually thought it was going to come a little bit earlier in the season. They have been underrated. They are playing at home. They are a strong side that, as Harry said, finally broke that streak, and the wind's flooded after that. That's my impression. So, look, I, I'm keen to see the Chiefs get up here, and I'm going to be really, really tired on this one. I'm going to say they're going to win by one. Coward. What? <laughs> by one? <laughs> I do. You guys don't think. I just think the Blues are too clean, like too clean. I think a class of right. I literally think it's Crusaders, Blues, Daylight, the other three teams. That's it's, that's for me. Look, I, I think the Blues will finish higher than them on the table without a doubt. I just think the Chiefs are a lot better than what they're being given credit for. And if they can get a little, a few little calls going their way, they are just so good. And I think their back row can easily cancel out the Blues back row, which is one of their biggest strengths. I think their second row probably isn't that far behind the blue second row. I know Patrick Tuopoloto is probably a, a class above, but that's about it. And and then the uh, the front row, I think, again, like 
I, I really like Takeahoe. Aiden Ross is solid Take in a ahoy. scrum. Takeahoe. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Harry, you've joined us. Yeah, I know. Rock solid in a scrum as well. So I, I don't think they're that far behind in the tight five. But the likes of their, their back line, like, I just think they can actually take them. I don't think it's unreasonable. I, I, I think it all comes down to who they play at 10. Yeah, I agree. It's it's an extremely important thing for them. That center combination is is important. But if they can get you know good clean ball and a, and a ten that's directed around the paddock and getting it, the ball to well, those weapons, that's that's where they're going to win it. Well, we tip the game. Who are we all tipping to play ten? I'm going to tip Caleb Trask will start at ten. Yeah, I think I'll go Caleb Trask. Same. Soft. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that will do us for previewing round five. And that brings us on to dessert, the uh, deserto, just for Harry's hundredth. To God, what to God do with that deserto? I think Nelson's deliberately hidden uh, the notes for dessert because he's uh, come up with this bad boy. As I said, we're talking kicking, uh, goal kicking, and um, Nelson, why don't you? I think you've you want to take us through it so that uh, we have to guess who we think is... Uh... Look, mate, I want to make you guess. You're generally wrong in this podcast and you're coming last, so let's see if you can you know, earn some respect of the it's listeners out of the three of us. Okay. And he was coming last last week. Don't make me bring up the records, Nelson. So this is trivia. This trivia. is trivia. So here we go. This is considering only the main five kickers from both of the conferences who has a higher percentage, the Kiwi conference or the Aussie conference? Is it obvious who the main kickers are? Yep, the top five that kick most of the time from every team. Like it is clear, very, very clear. Yeah. Who has the highest kicking percentage? Percentage. I can tell you, one has sixty-three kicks, Australia. One has sixty-two kicks, the Kiwis. That's what they've made. This is the most. This is the highest kicking percentage. Six, or the percentage. Most I just told you who, who kicks more. Sixty-three kick, as in someone has made sixty-three kicks already. No, Australia has made sixty-three. Oh. The Kiwis have made sixty-two. Which conference has a higher kick percentage? Oh, which oh. conference? Yes. Oh, the Australian one. Yes, the Australians have eighty-five percent, which yes. is enormous compared oh. to the Kiwis' seventy-eight percent. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Look how bad the Australian goal kickers are. That's actually. In previous, in previous years, it shows that last year was an evolution to a new kicking style with a new kicking coach, and it's really paid off, and this is where we're starting to see those dividends. Yeah. Frags, mm. mm. who is the top kicker on points in Super Rugby, either both conferences, over, over both competitions? Well, this question I think is actually easy because there is one team who has kicked a lot more than everyone else, and it's in the Australian conference, Uh it's got to be Matty Tamua. How many points, mate? What do you reckon? I've got no idea, but he, the, he they spent the first few games just kicking penalty goals. That's why I remember this. He's, he's on 42 points. Yeah, except he, he always he kicked all the goals except for the one that mattered, which was the last one in every game. That's right. Kagi, who's second? I genuinely have no idea for second. Um, is it in the Australian conference as well? He's in one of the conferences. Oh, that's, you're not going to give that 50-50. He's not I, don't think, I don't think I would get it. Um, you can have crack, mate. It's an easy one. Come on. Low-hanging fruit. Well, it's Richie Moonga. Is it Richie Moonga? Yes. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's Richie Moonga. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. 41 points, Kai. He's only one point behind, and he's offered a whole lot more around the field. So although the Rebels are taking every penalty 
you know, that's on offer. Mm. The Crusaders are just scoring so many tries, so he's getting so many points that yeah. way as well. Kagi, the top mm. kicker on percentage. I actually said... Well, it, 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 was, it was a terrible black before this game last week. I don't know if it still is. Uh, he was at like 86% or something. He might be down a little bit because he missed two. He's missed three kicks this season. I know that much. Uh, I'm still going to say a terror black. Is it still him? Uh, Will Harrison, 100%. I did say it on the pod, so you clearly don't listen. But that's fine. And the worst kicker on percent. Hey, you know this. I don't listen to the pod. I'm on the pod, okay? Yeah, so you don't need to listen back to it, brother. Uh, the worst kicker. Yep. Um, is this including people who just make like one kick and no, no, come no. out and just miss one no, kick? No. And that's it. It's the top main kickers. The main kickers. Okay. It's the, the top 10, so five and right. eight. Who oh. is the worst kicker? Um Percentage. End points. I don't know. Yeah, I've got no idea. Uh, the guys you guys talk up so much, Jordy Barrett with 62%. Oh. To be fair, he also kicks most of his goals from goals from, 50, no, yeah, from 55 out. He's kicked five from five penalties. That's when you're kicking long distance. He's kicked three from eight conversions. Wow. Horrible. That is yeah. horrible for conversions. He kicks the long ones. It's the easier ones he misses. But I also well, mate, if you if you do, yeah, no, but uh, if you do remember, um, uh, bloody what's his name? Who uh, YouTube? Who's come on um, the show before? Squidge. Squidge was saying that uh, Jordy Barrett's kicking percentage goes up a percent for every meter further away from the goals that he is, and that that is true. So true. Mm-hmm. All right, good stuff. You've you've done all right there, Craig's. I think, yeah, actually, I'm surprised. I feel feel good about that. I think Matt Tamil was pretty. He was a pretty obvious one, though. Um, Look, Craig, I think this is this is horrible of us. We haven't even mentioned our sponsor. It's because I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I haven't had any dessert yet. But look, our dessert today is brought to us by Pilk. That's Pilk, not milk. It's Pilk because it's plant based ice cream, and it is very, very tasty, boys. As good as ice cream, I wouldn't know. I'm lactose intolerant. But you guys, do you agree? Uh, yeah, awesome. Actually, really, really good. So, I mean, I'm. I'm thrilled with this stuff because I can't actually have ice cream. This stuff is absolutely delicious. Yeah, look, I, I can't I, wait to try some. Is this is this going to be another one of these? Uh, we, we're waiting for that sponsor shipment for a while, or um, we've we've tried. We've, we've, been, hitting we've been hitting it, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, this price. is just how am I supposed to get into this without my pilk shipments being delivered? You're just going to turn um, up the pod, mate. Oh, I expect something to be airdropped uh, down to me at some point, please. We're in the Greek islands. Come join us, and you can have some pilk. Very good. You wish. Um, no, excellent. Always good to have a dessert sponsor. And always looking for more sponsors. Um, you know, maybe eventually they'll replace. They'll bring back the old Brumbies jersey. You know, the, the Canberra milk on the front. It'll just be pilk on front of the, the oh, Brumbies jersey. Nice. Craig, we actually might have a new sponsor, but we'll, we won't get into it at the moment. But yeah. Oof. It's, it's not... It's not a, uh, a, a certain uh, podiatry office or a uh, physio <laughs> practice, is it? Uh, it's not. We, we have better taste. <laughs> oh, sorry, they already sponsored the pod, let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, very good. All right, well, um, yeah, so what, is there anything else we wanted to talk about in kicking or were we just talking about who the, who the top players were? That's, that's an interesting fact for me. No, no insight, I guess, about um, <clears throat> like... Oh, look, I mean, there's, there's quite a few of those players are sharing, you know, little bits and pieces with their kicking 
Um, but I mean, it's it's interesting if we're, if we're talking about it, we already touched on it. You know, the, the Rebels are taking penalties when offer, and Matt Tamu's kicked 17 from 20. Uh, Richie Moe's kicked seven from seven. So he just hasn't had the opportunity when it penalties. But because they're scoring so many tries, he's, to- he's kicked 12 from 15, but Tamu's only scored two from four. So, I mean, there's there's different ways these teams score those points. Um, and But both of them, you know, if you get a high percentage, you get lots of opportunities, they're, they're getting the points. Um, Will Harrison, he kicks everything that he gets a crack at, but the Tars just don't give him enough opportunities. And now he's carrying a groin injury, so he might not be kicking at all. That's why I didn't kick last week. And Maddox, he's he's zero from one, so stay away from him. Mate, we're going to have Edmed out there starting and kicking some goals. He was two from two. I quite like I quite like Edmund. Mm. I think he's good. Man, we should start. We should start him at twelve. To be honest, with you. He play he, for a little bit. I think he played outside now. But um, anyway, no, that's very good. I'll, I'll see you guys um, out at the game on uh, Friday night. Why not? Um, to uh, in our Reds jerseys. Yeah, that's right. Well, we, we could be there, <laughs> but I'm not going to wear a Reds jersey. Fair enough. Uh, I might, but um, no, very good. All right. Well, look, I think that's going to, it's going to be do it from us uh, here at the draft rugby show. Thank you for joining us for another pod. Please get after us on the YouTubes, uh, like subscribe and do all that good stuff. And um, the boys, good luck on continuing your march down to Canberra tomorrow uh, and making sure everyone is safe and fit. And uh, I don't think you need to keep them well hydrated because they can just, you know, mouth up, um, face the sky and, um, you know, you'll be swimming by the time you get down to Canberra. So um, the old New South Wales floods. So um, enjoy. And congratulations to me, 100 podcaps. Hooroo. And congratulations to Greg Holmes. <laughs>